0: Good afternoon. You're listening to Scarlet Bay Community Radio, and the show is Local Media This Week. <laughs> uh, I suppose I, you can hear John S. there giggling <laughs> in the background because uh, local media, yes, John, but uh, this week... A uh, hundred years ago. Yes, a hundred <laughs> years. So what we're doing is um, we're looking at some newspapers... From way, way, way back, a hundred years ago or more, more, and just having a look and perusing through the papers and just picking up things of interest, and it's very, very different, I think, to uh, modern newspapers. What, what did, um, Jim, but, but just can I just uh, uh, to introduce who's round table? John S. Kelly, John, yeah, okay, welcome, good morning. Uh, Luke Fleming is here again. Luke is uh, still standing in for. Uh, Pat O'Brien, so you're very welcome, Lou. Thanks, Jim. And our our host today, even though I introduced the programme, but uh, our host today is David Fleming. And David is taking us through some of the newspapers of the past, or one particular newspaper yeah. of the past. David, will you um, just give the listeners an idea of, mm. of what we're looking at here? Yeah, thanks, Jim. And, uh, of course, it's always a great pleasure
1: to uh, introduce a, a paper like this. We, we love newspapers, of course, on this show. And uh, we're looking at a, a, a Clare paper, the Clare Freeman, and we're looking at it f- a 19th century paper, this one, this particular issue, the 23rd of April, 1879. 1879, gentlemen, wh- any, any, can you remember what was happening in 1879? Knock. Knock exactly Nock was happening yes Nock. in
0: August that's right
1: 1879 that's mm. right that's right there is an economic depression in the country in 1879 mm-hmm. and knock is one of the highlights that happen as a result of that um, it won't appear here yet because of course that happened in in the summer this is the springtime in in April mm-hmm. but we're looking at the Clare Freeman and Ennis Gazette and at this point. A bit like similar to similar enough to today, local newspapers were were prominent. There were several of them produced around the county. This is only one of them, and um, this how m- particular. How much? How
2: much would that news be?
1: Well, you there is an annual subscription by post, so this would be sent out to you, and if you paid in advance, it would be one pound, and if you got it on credit for the year, for the year one pound, and and on credit one pound. Two shillings. Yeah. And it would be, it's, it's every two weeks. It's a bi-weekly, it's a bi journal, as it says here, and, and their byline is, a bi-weekly journal containing the news of the day and advocating the principles of civil and religious liberty. Mm. um De- so so
3: david can, can i say to you um you just uh, showed the volume of it it's not declared champion it's not a paper that's still around today so is it's there a not. little bit of history
1: about it there is there is it started in the 1850s and its proprietor is a very interesting man i don't know a lot about him but he features it here in the in the in the front page as monsieur Nono, N O N O, which sounds like a kind of a theatrical name, Punch yeah. and Judy name, but in fact he was he was uh, the real McCoy. Mm. His name was Charles Louis Nono. He was a Belgian, and it was claimed that his father had been in Napoleon's army, and that he came he himself came in to Clare and Ireland in 1859 to take up the position of organist and professor of music. And I think the Clare Roots Society uh, had had a lecture uh, on the no-nos because I think they survived and probably still survive in the county uh, to this day, certainly up to the 1990s. Now,
2: what political uh, inclination did the paper take? And it's by the way, in, in, in that context, of course, it, it arrives on the scene Uh, in Clare, right in the start of the land war
1: that's right that's right and it it is we'll get a sense of that john i hope when looking at the news stories because uh there isn't an awful lot of local news Mm. and that's not too surprising because uh, the the these newspapers were the only newspapers that people bought and they expected to see international news Mm -hmm. um Yeah. yeah they, they, they w- you know if you're subscribing a pound you know you yes. mightn't be subscribing to the Irish Times or to the Freeman's Journal as well you'd be getting you'd be hoping it's a little bit like why the skibbereen eagle announces that the kaiser has mobilized his Mo- forces <laughs> in 1914 <laughs> it's the only time that uh, you and you'd be expecting to see that international would years.
2: you would you would you be kind of uh, tuned in to the the uh, the culture of the day when one newspaper might be uh, you know in the hands of uh, a tenant farmer and the neighbors gathered in at night well you
1: see this is the, the, this is the lovely picture you're painting yeah. because in many in many places we know this not the, particularly the older generation could not read that's right and they'd be relying either on a younger member of their family mm-hmm. or neighbors or whoever it is and they would hunch around and they would listen yes. intently yeah as a person read each page of the newspaper. Now, no. the, the, we, we were only dealing with the, this. This newspaper has four pages, and Jim, if you were to describe it to the listener who can't actually see it, we we have it in
0: front of us. How, how would you how would you do that? I suppose it's divided into a lot of sections. Uh, first of all the ads take up quite an amount of the front page. And I suppose that's that's the economics of it. Is. it uh, that the, the ads had to be yeah. put there where people wouldn't have to look for them. Yeah. Um, they would see them. I, and the other thing, the articles, certainly on the front page, or the college information pieces, seem quite short. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's no long piece like you would have taking up half a page we'll say in the Clare Champion or the Clare Echo you wouldn't have anything like that no Um, and there's there's various I mean the ads are commercial ads but there's also I see the timetables there for Limerick, Enesath and Ryan Toome trains that's right so so there's you know bits and pieces of information and there's Um, no there's no pictures no pictures, none at no, all, none yes. at all, yeah. and and yeah. of course the technology
1: that that sort of technology really doesn't come into play in until the twentieth century, and even then, if you're looking at papers from the twenties, thirties, forties, there might only be a single page with pictures because it's expensive to, to reproduce.
2: Yeah. Um, I'm struck I'm struck by the the uh, the frequency of health ed uh, health. Uh, you know, bottles of this and bottles of that. You could be out in the wild west. You, you could. Sna- well,
1: the The word snake oil merchants. Will we give them? Uh, Is that what are called? Well, well, well. Certainly uh, snake oil. The, here's one. Here, um, Doctor Smith's system of treatment uh the by the posi- by, by the positive remedies for cure of every form of debi- every form of debility yeah. and nervousness like <laughs> God! wouldn't you take a bottle of that <laughs> no matter how good you were feeling a- any day <laughs> now ready uh, 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 160 so it's it's a, it's a book a warning and help to invalids suffering from debilitating diseases a special medical work on the cause symptoms and treatment of debilitating and nervous diseases yeah. by dr smith and it's a book and it'll give you all your information you know and of course we immediately go to Mr Google Dr Google to find out wha- what we're suffering from mm. um, but, there, but, but I mean there's there is loads, there's uh, Smith adver- advertising um,
2: but, <laughs> but the doctors are advertising uh, bottles as well which <clears throat> reminds me of a, a very visiting a very old chemist shop Yes, okay. and seeing up on the top in, in Harry's actually uh, comes to mind. Um, Fifty, sixty years ago, the bottles, the big jars that contained the the remedies, the elixir of life. Uh, yes, you know
1: <laughs> maybe maybe Holloway's pills, uh, yeah. um, which are advertised here quite prominent, quite prominently, which can can do wonders for headaches nausea and foul stomach loss of appetite and lowness of spirits.
2: Mm.
0: I'm Aye. just I'm just looking at that there David. I mean over the last almost 2 years now and, and we've been in lockdowns of, of one type or another. And the one thing that seems to to have um, grown spectacularly over that time is online shopping. Yes. And yeah. delivery vans racing through the countryside uh, every day giving us all sorts of stuff. Um this seems to be along similar lines. I mean a, a lot of these things if you were going to write to Dr. Smith for some yes. of his remedies our books i'm i'm just presuming from looking at the the advertising here that it would come in the post i think that's the way it would come mm.
1: um, or or potentially if you did see it in a shop you'd knew you'd know what it was and you might even ask your shopkeeper do you have any holloway's pills there i have yeah. a bit of I have a touch of sciatica <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but
0: but did you give i mean they they give dublin addresses they give london they addresses do, yeah, they do, they um, do yeah. it's, it's it's just I, that's one one thing that hits me now, that, that it, uh, are we talking about uh, online shopping of a different era? Yeah, I think so. I think
1: you can write off to these, and it does give the addresses as well, yeah. No, tell it's, tell it's me,
2: why, why would you think that, uh, that a modern paper wouldn't last a uh, week if it uh, produced the front page uh, like the one we're looking at? It's probably too dense, would you say? Is, it, is, it too de- is, it, is there too much
1: text? Does the hmm. modern mind and concentration balk at this at this amount of detail? Yeah, um, I think they tune
2: out. They totally tune out. Tune out. <coughs> yeah, and the guy anyway who set up this newspaper. Yes, Mathieu. No, no,
1: no. Now he he's here himself, who obviously amongst the most prominent ads. Some of the ads, as you, as you can see, gentlemen, are are are, are quite confined and squeezed, and squeezed yeah. in. Where is yeah,
0: Monsieur Nono is?
1: He's front and centre, flexing his muscles. He is, and uh, he's at, he he's not only. Uh, like so many shopkeepers and proprietors and businessmen he has a hand in everything, everything. Miss your no-no
0: he's in, he, I'm just looking there before you start David he's in Jail Street in Ennis that's right which is now O'Connell Street
1: is that
3: right yeah I, I know, Jim you beat me to it because I was looking up the modern version of the paper <laughs> Dr, <laughs> Dr Google <Yeah. laughs> because I was curious as to where I hadn't heard of Jail Street yeah and uh, the the county council have issues with uh, Clare Library uh, and it says, Jail Street, now O'Connell Street. And they have a picture from 1890 with a photograph by Robert French for the Lawrence Collection. And you can view that on the Clare County Council website. Excellent. So that's only about five years after this uh, yeah. paper I have was printed. Notion, I
0: have a notion that the... the um What's the hotel there at the top of O'Connell Street? The, the old Crown? Yes. Yeah. W- was a jail, or there was a jail on yes. that. I site. think you're right. So, I think so you're right. It's, it was certainly called yeah. Jail Street.
1: Um, and presumably, it's when the council changes into more nationalistic hands that the name is O'Connell is honoured. Mm. Mm. Um, anyway, Monsieur Nono has his fancy warehouse on Jail Street uh, and has always on stock a variety of wools for fancy work. Yeah. He's got jewellery consisting of ladies and gentlemen's gold rings, gold and silver pencil cases, if you don't mind, mm-hmm. brooches, and many other articles suitable for presentation. So you're making a gift, a present, you see.
2: Any, uh, any textiles on that page, page now? You know, uh, ads for suit and dresses and what have you? Uh,
1: there is, maybe. Well, he's he's maybe. printing as well. He's printing, he's, yeah. Every description of
0: book and job printing. Catalogues, pamphlets, circulars, bill heads, programs,
2: anything you want. Hmm. Tea and sugar bags. No, hat bags. <laughs> no, Cards and labels. Bearing but in mind, this is 1879. Right? It is, yeah. And uh, there wouldn't be too much money floating around, I can tell you, in, in, in Clare. No. In that particular year. Mm. Okay.
1: Mm. I mean, the, the newspapers are probably for... It,
2: it's, it's focused on the middle classes and above. Mm. I would say. And yet I can he- uh, hear I can hear my grandmother talking about how her grandmother uh, and uh, and grandfather which would be pushing it back well into the n- uh, 19th century um uh, reading to the local lads yeah. who'd come in on a ramble yeah. Do you know reading the actual Freeman's Journal the Freeman's Journal yeah, free men's journal. yeah. Fr- I'm just wondering now that's the Freeman. Uh, Freeman, what do they call it? The Clare Freeman. The Clare Freeman. Yeah. Does the Freeman tell you something?
1: There's a cachet, isn't there, there is. with, with that word? There it's is. L-
2: it's like today,
1: with newspapers, might use the word times because it's yes. recognisable. So this yeah. is the Claire Freeman. Yeah, yeah. I think you're onto something there, John. Yeah. Monsieur, Nono... Uh, uh, I'd say not many, he has a bit of spare uh, advertising space, so that's why he's availing himself of it. Mr. Um, <laughs> <miss your> nono, <laughs> professor of music and singing, will resume his professional duties on August 16th, which is well away from April, Yeah, his professional duties on August 16th and following days, terms per quarter, payable in advance, two lessons weekly, one hour each, for the Princely sum of three pounds three shillings per year. Two lessons weekly, yes. Uh, terms per quarter, actually. So that's only a quarter of huh. a year. Uh, uh, and and you can get it slightly cheaper for a half hour. And for children under 12 one pound ten shillings. I know my daughter is learning piano at the moment, um, and isn't as expensive as this. I can tell you, if you if you were to convert these into modern yes. rates, yeah. Or per six lessons, one pound. So I think you know they are. The the the, the some ads at least are targeting a particular type of of readership. Mm. Um, there are Jim mentioned. Jim also mentioned, and if Pat O'Brien was here, he'd be very interested in this. The railways, the 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 the, the Ennis Limerick Ennis onto Athenry railway, and um, the timetable is is presented here. Um, I don't know if you can see it. It's pretty small, but... Uh, it, it is, yeah. L- Limerick to Ennis, to Athenry and Toome. I think there are five services a day. Limerick to...
3: The, the long, the, it stops at the Long Pavement, Cratlow, Six Mile Bridge.
1: It uh, does. Ballycar, uh, Carr. Ard Solis, which is near Drummoland.: Clare Castle, Ennis, Crosheen Tubber, Gort, Ardrahan,
3: Rathen, Crockwell and Lochray, and then on to Athenry and... Uh, and,
1: and the last stop is Toome. Sure. And uh, of course, this this is the route that that was restored. The Ennis to Athenry route um, was restored a few years back. Uh, I I looked up um, today's timetable, mm-hmm. and there are four services per day. Uh, and uh, you you can the earliest service here. This might surprise people. The earliest service, which is the mail. Uh the mail and goods train yes. leaves at half past two in the morning from Limerick. And it arrives in Ennis at four AM. An hour and a half. An hour and a half. So which is which is uh which which is um uh, a long journey think of percy french <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. uh, and and his journey on on and the, the railways yeah mm. but um, there, must,
0: there must be you know the, if it's a mail train they obviously have to stop every at all the different places or most of them and there does. Are maybe to load up uh, yeah. and, and unload so
1: i suppose yeah. that you That's that's the delays i'd say mm. Mm. um um there there are five direct services today Right, so nothing much, nothing too much has changed. Mm. Um, and it uh, to get from uh Limerick to Athenry in 1879 Limerick to Athenry is three hours 30 minutes. Right, mm-hmm. um, you can you can do that now. Let me see, you can you can do that in in. Well, an hour, I think, today. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's one hour to Ennis. Now, uh, it was one hour to Ennis in 1879. It's now 40 minutes. That just gives a, a little bit of... Co- we do often, sometimes, or at least I do, complain mm-hmm. about the Ennis, uh, the, that, that particular railway. But it was certainly slower in 1879. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but similar service. I mean, th- th- those five services and a Sunday service. And, of course, first, second and third class, John. Indeed. Do you remember first class? I remember first class. I was rarely in first class but I remember, remember walking Jim? past the carriage. I do.
0: Yeah, I remember um, the carriages. Yeah.
2: How much uh, have we, the price? can we make out the price?
1: There were no prices uh, given, I think. No, no. prices given uh, in those, uh, in that particular
2: ad. Um, but, but don't forget now, No-No, the man, that yeah. the, the architect of this whole um, newspaper, uh, he's Classifying himself as a professor of music. So, as well as all of this, you know, um, retail outfit, outfits and what have you, yeah. enterprise, he's a musician as well.
1: He is. And I think that's why he comes here in the first place. Yeah. Uh, to, I suppose, that's his main background. But then he gets
0: into all sorts of, of other areas. Um yeah, there's almost nothing he wouldn't sell you. <laughs> <laughs> and he would teach you how to play whatever instrument you wanted. Yeah. And he's producing a newspaper, which, you know, he's he's disseminating information. Yeah, and because yeah. he has a printing press,
1: he'll print you cards and memoriam yes. cards
0: yes. and any other sort of
1: cards you want and will provide you with stationery and so on. Mm. But it's like walking into any of those old shops where you could have a drink and buy well, a pair
3: of trousers well, at the same time.
2: Wellingtons hanging from the ceiling. That's right. Hmm. My grandmother I, I just see, had a shop like that. I
3: just see David um, from again uh, the Clare Clare Library. Ie they say that this paper, um, was say uh, the Clare Freeman and Ennis Gazette, was from eighteen fifty three. And uh, it ceased publication in January nineteen 19- is eighteen eighty four.
1: That's right. Yeah.
3: So that's uh, what uh, forty one years. Yeah, which is a
1: reasonable stretch for 41 thir- yeah. years. And, and yeah. we're around.
3: We're the episode or the issue we're looking at is about us uh, year twenty four twenty five. Yeah, isn't it? So, yeah. and,
1: and hmm. it may be that Mister Nono dies and. Uh, the family don't take it on. We do, know, we do know that the family continues and continues in the grocery and the retail business, but not in the in the printing business. It is interesting. I mean, we're now we're now looking at page two. His competitor, James Hayes, a bookseller and stationer, doesn't make it on page one, but is put on his ad is put in on page two. <laughs> hmm. But I I find Mister Hayes um, this particular advert really intriguing. Uh, Mr. Hayes, agent to the Liquor Tea Company, London, gives a handsomely bound volume gratis, so you get a free volume, uh, selected from the standard authors of the day—Dickens, Scott, Scott, and Littleton, etc., Litt- etc.—which et each three pound of tea purchased. Um, so you come, you you come into this shop, and you you come out with a book. Hmm. Uh, um. And, and it gives the prices two shillings, eight pence, uh, for all these teas. But not only that, not only do you get a free book when you buy some tea, which he obviously wants to promote because it's there at the very start, but he he, he has a few prayer books. Um, uh, in all styles of binding, mm-hmm. uh, up to one pound 10 shillings, now that's an expensive prayer book at, at, the, at the top end, I would suggest. Uh, church services, church hymnals, gold, silver, bog oak, oxidised and plated jewellery.
3: Mm.
1: Uh, you can buy your wedding ring there, which is government stamped. Government stamped simply means, I think, that uh, it's been hallmarked to prove that it... it has
2: to be since the, 18thir- the uh, 1630s. That's 39th. right. That's right.
1: Okay. It has to be. To, to, uh, to ensure that... It, yeah. Uh, the assay mark, yeah. to ensure that, that yeah. it's there, and, and then he'll also provide photographs, um, take photographs uh, uh, of old masters and modern artists, right. local scenery, uh, stereoscopes. These mm. are this is the latest technology. Um, photographs is a relative pho- photography is relatively mm. new, certainly new in County Clare, mm. and uh, Mr Hayes is is right there promoting this this new uh, these slides. Um, and a great variety of them. But but Jim, he's also selling other sorts of things.
0: Yes, I w- I was just looking there. Sorry, just to to go back up, I think it was was it one pound ten. Did I see that somewhere? That's right. You did. Yes. Prayer books weren't up to one pound ten. I remember um my mother, God be good to her, told me she came to Scariff working as a buttermaker in what's now Kerry Co-op, uh, around nineteen fifty. And she would have earned one pound ten shillings uh per week per week, um, yeah, and that'd be around 1950. Well, yeah, when, so all
2: found. Yeah. Yes.
1: And 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 if you're looking at the 1870s, that one pound ten is is even more. Yeah. At that stage, you know, uh, well, I haven't worked out. Maybe Luke might, might be able to work out um, through Google <laughs> how much one pound ten shillings
0: is 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 in in today's equivalent euro. But but he seemed to have everything. He has he has as you've mentioned, photographic. He has sports, That's footballs, right. boxing glove files. Uh, cricket materials, cricket which materials.
1: suggests that cricket is being played here. Yes. Croquet sets. Fishing tackle, of course. Yeah. Um, Boxing.
2: Yeah. yeah. On the right, uh, the, the right inside of the page, we have um, uh, half bred. I thought was Holmes. Half-bred horses. Yes, a uh, sire,
1: okay. sire for sale by the name Thomas.
2: of reindeer. 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 Very appropriate time view that we should be looking at this. That's right. Uh, it's very uh, strong. Yeah. And good looking. Uh, God, all the mayors would be delighted with <laughs> Reindeer by. Uh,
1: and he's a, he's six years. He's a six-year-old uh, in May. Mm. Selling without a fault, as he has proved himself a sure fall getter. Yeah, For the last two seasons. And his foals are very strong and good looking. Well, there, there's that. A reindeer,
0: and then you get the family history. Yeah. He's from Sussex Stag. And Sussex Stag won in Cork on, in, in the Grand and Mead Challenge Cup, worth 50 guineas in 68, 69, and 70, three years in a row.
2: Serious money, Jim, on that. Look at the 700 guineas Yeah, in one week. Yeah. Would that convince you to buy him, I wonder? Well, as I said the people who are interested in that ad anyway will be from the land. They will. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's
1: he's a stout, good looking horse and ought to pay well for keeping him in a good
0: look in a good locality. But you yes. see who's selling him? John Keane. John Keane. Keane yeah. Ballyvorda, yeah. Vorja County Clare. Yes. So yeah. you know it's it's Yeah. Uh, we know
2: something about that, John Keane, don't we?
0: Do we?
1: Hmm. Uh if it comes to you, we'll we'll yeah. we should mention it. Import Now mm. we we mentioned some medicines for human consumption. Yes. Um, but then there are some here for for farmers, and it's by royal appointment, if you don't mind, to Her Majesty. And of course, we're talking about their Queen Victoria. We are um, Her- herself. Herself and and the Prince of Wales by special warrant. And I think I think this kind of separates out. The, this particular person from the snake oil merchant.
2: Yes, yes.
1: You know, of which yes. they're, you know, the, uh, w- w- we have a r- side-by-side, really, Clark's world-famed blood mixture, right? The great blood purifier and restorer for scrofula, scruffy, yeah. scurvy, sorry, skin <laughs> disease and sores of all kinds. It is a never-failing and permanent cures. It Oof. cures all sores. It cures ulcerated sores in the neck. Uh, And the list goes on. Now, that's probably a bit snake oilish, I'd say. But anyway, um, for the farmers, anyway, Day, Son, and Hewitt, sole Mm. originators, only proprietors of the stock breeder's medicine chest. No. And it's... uh, Can you you see that? It's a kind of a
2: veterinary at home kind of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, of course, this is, I think, in the era when you wouldn't have professional vets. Yeah. And you would have all probably all sorts of folk cures and yeah. put sheen and all sorts of things you're rubbing into animals. And, of course, back in the day, holy water uh, did did great miracles in curing animals. There was a, even a story that even the Book of Kells and other holy uh, books would be dipped into the water trough. mm to ensure the health of the animal?
2: Well, Jim and myself interviewed um, uh, a gentleman, Whitegate, uh, last weekend. And uh, he has written, he has researched and written extensively on plants in the uh, Testaments, in the Old Testaments and the New Testaments. Very interesting. That's um, Alfie O'Brien. And in reading uh, the, uh, some of the accounts in the uh, in the book on the plants, mm. they contained uh, um, information on the kind of uh, diseases that uh, they could address or did address or were used. You know, whether they were for you know, uh, internal yes. or external uh, wounds yeah. from battles and what yeah, have you. Yeah, yeah. And it would appear like that. We eventually lost. All that knowledge. Mm. Mm. When
1: you think of Biddy Early, for example, or or any of these women who had that sort of knowledge Mm. um, and who thought, some people then thought them a bit odd, maybe, Yeah. Uh but you're right, I think and, and you get the replacement. Of course this is the this is modernity before our eyes now. Absolutely. Those are old ways yeah. and they should be forgotten about. Forgotten this about is it. the future. Hewitt's <laughs> Hewitt's Hewitt. Well I'm just looking at
3: one one of their little ads there and it quotes chemical extract or great pain destroyer uh it said, prevents paining and heaving in bad lamin. Uh Cures. Cures swollen and broken udders in yours and cows, and all gangrenous wounds, cuts and sores in all animals.
0: Yeah, it's a bold claim, isn't it? It is indeed. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and that has the royal seal, David. It has.
0: Yes. I'm looking, David, <laughs> just just to the right there, the the one you mentioned earlier. Yes. Yes. Uh, and that is like. I think that's very attractive. If you just bring it down a little yeah. bit, just to see the yeah the world famed blood mixture, blood purifier and restorer. Yeah, and it lists the various things: cures all sores, cures ulcerated sores on the neck, ulcerated sore legs, cures blackheads, pimples on the face, scurvy sores, cancerous ulcers, blood and skin diseases. I mean, I would you ever go at those now? Well, I mean, I wouldn't think you? Er, we'd all have something it, on that list because it's fairly comprehensive. <laughs> and if you're suffering from it, you'd probably try anything, wouldn't you? Yeah. you I mean, it, it certainly is, uh,
2: you know, in thing. a manner
0: of sense, attractive, seductive. Oh,
2: it is. But it's a great insight into the culture. Of the time, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It is. Um,
2: uh, and what people are probably suffering and from, and in fairness to them, they
0: tell you that the
3: mixture is pleasant to taste.
0: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> now, look, and the other thing there, the, the um, you send what is it? The the uh, FJ Clark chemist, High Street, Lincoln. Yes, and uh, it will serve anywhere in the world on receipt of what is it, thirty. Or one hundred and thirty-two. Or one hundred and thirty-two stamps. stamps sold in bottles, a half two and sixpence each, half crown. That's very dear, actually, isn't it? genius John if to do all that it says it would do <laughs> <laughs> it's not expensive Just to pay for the advertising
1: it would <laughs> it is but, but, there, but there is an awful lot of this actually and it does suggest that there is great demand for yeah. all these medicines you have here I, I, in a neighbouring column a physician's gift nervous stability its cause and cure a treatise which is a pamphlet I suppose showing how sufferers from nervous disorders may speedily recover health strength manly vigour. Containing also chapters on marriage, with useful family prescriptions for the cure of indigestion, liver complaint, <laughs> and many other disorders. Yeah. And you were to send off your stamps there uh, to Bedford Square in London. But it just shows how interconnected claire is with
0: Limerick and London, and and of so course, on. Of
2: fashion. course, the fashion uh, and the fashion, fashion would be yeah. coming
0: from London, and we? these these businesses wouldn't be advertising in a clear newspaper unless they were getting some kind lesson. of exactly. yeah. it's, But again, it's like the, the online shopping. It, it really is. is. It really is. I and suppose I- you didn't have that many shops... Or they'd be limited the the actual shops in the various towns and. Villages. And of
1: course, they're ordering in from the same people, but of course they have to had they have to mark up there yeah. and make their bit of profit. Whereas if you can cut out those middlemen, now I'm sure the shop the shopkeepers of Ennis are looking at this and wondering. Um, but the the railways come in again here uh, on the second page and, and the f- fair days and 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 I th- this is the connection I think John uh, between animals and the railway and the fairs uh, Midland Great Western Railway April fairs 1879 yeah uh, the following fairs are announced in public almanacs to be held the month of April 1879 and it gives the date for example moat sheep and pigs on the 24th of April the next day in moat cattle the cattle fair yeah um and uh, Nobber, Ballinrobe, and and Barry near Edgeworthstown is giving the local uh, mm. train station as well. So the presumption is you'll either, if you're a buyer, You'd you'll be going, loading up, loading and you'll up. load, yeah. you'll load up your cattle. Yeah. So it suggests, um, it is suggesting that the that the railways, which are again relatively, you know, railways in Ireland, twenty years, um, ten years, you know,
0: mm. some places the railway is just coming to them. Would yeah. you think, David? that maybe speed notwithstanding, that th- there was a better service then back in the 1800s than, than there is now in terms of railways. It's certainly a better public service when you think about it. Now, today, of course, you know,
1: trucks and so on, but uh, that's, they're private. But this is a public service. You mean you have to pay for it. Uh, but it does mean that anybody can get onto that train Mm. Buy your cattle and drive and load your cattle and get out it does also su- mean your horizons are broadened mm-hmm. because before the railway you wouldn't have traveled too far for fares mm-hmm. you would have your local fares and uh, and like these are Roscommon common fairs, Moat and Nobber is anedworth town that's Longford isn't it Longford yeah, yeah. Mm. clear clear people. 50 years ago, would not have
2: been traveling that far. For for They would have stayed in Clare. For fairs. I suspect so. Well, there's a, a, a long tradition, a very long tradition in Roscommon, of a connection with uh, East Limerick. Right. For calves. Hmm. And um, so if you went to a fair in Strokestown or Elfin, you know, you'd expect that, as well as your two-year-olds and your you know that age animal. You'll also find calves. They'd be calves, yeah, and they'd be up from East East Clare, East, east Limerick. Limerick, Limerick, yeah. Yeah, there's one very
1: modern uh, advert here: magnetism and health. And of course, this is oh. we're we're beginning we're getting into the era of electricity, yeah, and and uh, and that the latest discovery and improvement in magnetic. Curative appliances. And the, it's patented. Professional visit to Ennis of Mr. A. Cutmore, M.E. I don't know what M.E. would step. Master of Engineering, engineering maybe. Probably, yeah. Representative of Messrs. Mesmer and Company of 44 Hatton Garden, London. He's going to be in Ennis from April 21st for a few days only. Who may be consulted daily, free of charge, at the town hall in Ennis to give advice as to the application of magnetism in the care relief and prevention of acute and chronic diseases and to explain the principles and the important position which magnetism holds as indispensable to life and health and he's got a large assortment of these electro electromagnetic appliances where you can look at them so he's a travelling salesman in other terms but
2: should the only old magnetic thing there that has been flogged in uh, 20 years ago as the new um, were you aware of that Twenty years before 1879. No, oh, before not. Before now. Before now. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> Did either of you ever come across, um, you know, an ad for a magnetic appliance to overcome your rheumatism? You wear it on your arthritis. Wearing it on your wrist. I, I my, my father had a had a copper bend on yeah. his on his yeah yeah, well, yeah.
0: Is his that wrist. Yeah. 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 Is that yeah. what you're talking about? Yeah. yeah oh, there you are. I'm not sure that I'd like to have a Dr. Cutmore. Um <laughs> <laughs> no, he'll visit you free of charge. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but but he's Charger.
3: a Mr. A Cutmore,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but the sceptics, and of course, Mister Cutmore knew that she'd be sceptical because Indeed. he now then provides letters of commendation of people who have tried his electromagnetic appliances. Prices from five shillings to fifty shillings, right? Mm. Um, and if you can pronounce that one, the strong. Uh, Just a special power appliance Uh, We charge 63 shillings Is now reduced to 50 shillings But anyway
2: That's an awful lot of money
1: It is Somebody named John McLaughlin Can I read it? Do from Ivy House, Clare Street, Limerick March
0: 25th, 1879 Yes, to Mr. A. Cutmore Sir Accept my thanks for the great benefit I have received from wearing the magnetic appliances, having suffered considerably from rheumatism for some time, and tried various remedies in vain, I purchased a belt and friction glove, and after a short time found all pain and inconvenience leave me. Which before caused me to walk Lame and with difficulty I can now walk as well as ever I did and would not part With the appliance for 50 pounds (laughs) (laughs) I also obtained A lung invigorator By golly In brackets extra power a few (laughs) weeks ago For a distressing cough And can say that almost before my night's rest Was greatly disturbed By the cough I have since Wearing the lung invigorator Been able to obtain a good night's rest, and in the daytime, I'm not troubled. Yours truly, John McLaughlin. There I you are. Oh, yeah. I d-
1: you'd nearly buy that, Luke, wouldn't you? There'd be a part of me
3: thinking that uh, in today's words, that would be called a sponsored ad. <laughs>
2: yes, <laughs> I think so. L- lads, no, that's uh, 1879. Yes. February <coughs> 1879. But the actual magnetic thing thingy slogan, I have seen that. You're, you're, they're still flogging it. I bought one. <laughs> <laughs> and not, and honestly, your God. name is McLachlan. No, and do you know where it fits? It, it's supposed to fit it in. Do you know if you have a, I don't know if you know what a weak ankle uh, can be like, you know? Uh, a bit stressful at yes. times. Yes, yes. And um, you put this little plate, which yeah. got, I won't tell you how much you got <laughs> it cost me, you know, you put this into the actual shoe. And does it work? (laughs) Well, auto-suggestion got it to work the first week. <laughs> <laughs> but the second week, I realized I was sold a pub. <laughs> and, I, I, I and I
1: suspect
2: a lot of that these people would have been... That's not m- back in the last 15
1: years. Yeah, I see yeah. these,
0: these people who, who write, giving these testimonials, they give their address as well. They do. As what? well as today. What is... I'm, con- I'm now perfectly convinced of their burative properties. Curative, Burative. b-u-r-a-t-i-v. Maybe it's a misprint. Maybe it should there's be curative. A, there's a few misprints
1: there. I think um, Monsieur Nono is probably French. You see, or Belgian, and and yeah. uh, I've noticed I've noticed a few as well. Um, but uh, but Mr. Cutmore there probably gets a bit of business because mm. I, I I think I think many people you see. Again, doctors and the affordability of doctors and people probably did suffer with an awful lot of ailments that today we are have very been, curable. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's some of the adverts to give you a taste of some of the adverts. Um, there's also nerve and brain food that we didn't get into, but uh, that we're all in need of. Um, loads of
2: adver- advertising any hotkeys. appealing, Any appealing to the ladies? Any ads? I uh, was it all more or less... Towards it's the funnily line.
1: enough, not too many ads, um, unless unless you, you take this one, Limerick Warehouse Company Limited, furniture, curtain and carpet departments, mm. um, whether whether you could go that way or not. David,
3: uh, apart from all the ads for tea, uh, for, for anybody watching on the radio or listening on the radio, <laughs> there's an ad in the top left-hand corner uh, that mentions, mentions someone that might be known of, Yes, that's right. Do you want house, to read it a, a out there? It says to be let and immediate possession given. The house with about four acres of land attached, at, at situate, uh, probably missing a D there, at Kappa Kilrush, lately in the possession of William Blair Esquire. The house is in good repair and well suited for a gentleman's residence. Application to be made to Colonel Vandeleur.
1: Kilrush House, Kilrush. That's right. The Vandeleur Gardens, of course. And uh, yes, or
3: yeah. to F. B. Keane, rent office, Bank Place Ennis.
2: Keane, right. I think, was the Vandeleur uh, agent. agent. Yeah, mm. yeah.
1: Hmm. And and m- Colonel Vandeleur reappears as well uh, later on in the story uh, in the newspaper, and we we we'll, we'll, might find him if we can before. So, so
3: he's he's a bit like some of our county councillors that might appear. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not, not only in one article. <laughs> In the paper, but they might yeah. appear in two or three. <laughs> they might indeed. Yeah.
1: Um, uh, the the news then begins on page two. Uh, after all, the advertising happens, and you get a, you get a taste of. It goes, it's very much international, and it's very much British Empire. And uh, it's, it's this, of course, as we said, might be the only paper people are getting to read. Uh, and so they need all sorts of news, international, national, and, and local. And uh, I don't know, Luke, do you remember um, a, f- a, a film from the 1960s uh, starring Michael Caine?
3: might be a bit before my time <laughs> well it's repeated quite, quite often
1: mm. is it Zulu Dawn it's, Zulu, it's it is it is about the Zulu Wars it oh is yes Zulu yes. Zulu yes. Yes. that's right yes. and Michael Caine is one of these British soldiers who at Rourke's Drift oh yes and uh, Rourke's Drift Is a few months uh, just prior to this. Uh, I think it was earlier in 1879. But obviously, the British Army are still fighting uh, um, in South Africa against the Zulus. And this is the latest news.
2: The 12,000 that were slaughtered.
1: Yeah. Yesterday, the gratifying intelligence flashed along the wires that Colonel Pearson and his gallant little band had been relieved. Obviously, a bit like that Zulu film where, where you have a small number of British soldiers and thousands and thousands of Zulu warriors yeah. um, about to massacre them. In, in, in this case, uh, he is relieved, and, and it's relieved by Lord Chelmsford, advanced in the direction of It was attacked by a dense mass of Zulu warriors of 12,000 strong. The combat was for several hours a hand-to-hand struggle and ended in the total defeat of the enemy, who left on the field 1,200 of their dead. What our actual loss was has not yet transpired. Um, After achieving this victory, and it goes on, it tells you all about the movements of the forces. And of course, to modernise, this is imperialism,
0: rampant sort yeah. of imperialism. But it, of course... It, it doesn't ask the question, what were we doing in the land of the Zulus? It, the exactly. That, that exactly. That was not the
2: purpose. <laughs> no. Uh,
1: no, but of course it's portraying these men as, as heroes, heroes. Yeah. You know, and the others are savages. And the others are savages. Hmm. Uh,
0: and, and the which great fits,
2: victories. Which fits into the whole imperialist... Um, and have things know,
0: changed that much in... Not, Across the water? Not, not mm.
1: too much. Many, well, according to surveys that you sometimes read, many people across the water still are very proud of the British imperial past, mm. which, uh, no, several, several others uh, would not be. Uh, I did look up this battle, and um, the figures aren't quite accurate. And of course, they're just getting the initial results. It, it's estimated here seven officers and four hundred British soldiers dead. It gave the Zulus um, twelve hundred o- exactly mm. s- over a thousand. I, in fact, the British lost only a handful of men. Mm-hmm. Certainly not the four hundred reported here. Uh, it, it goes on then fairly random news. Captain MacTiernan of of. Another sort of, uh, I suppose, the Royal Marines, RM, has been obliged to leave town. Or could it be resident magistrate? Oh, it could be resident. It probably is resident magistrate. Mm. He's been obliged to leave town, owing to the serious illness of a near relation. I presume that would be, the town would be Ennis, probably, wouldn't it? Most definitely. And Monsieur Nono appears again. He's in the news! Again, like Quick he's all over concert, his own newspaper. Yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, he has a full-dress benefit concert. Now, this might attract the ladies, John. Under distinguished patronage will take place on or about the 25th of May during the first week of the training of the Clare Regiment of Militia. Um, doesn't say where. It doesn't say where. Well, it of probably course be in Ennis. In Ennis, somewhere, but where in Ennis? But of course, he's guaranteed uh, an audience if the if the boys of the militia are around. Mm. Um. Uh, and uh, now, a special meeting of the Ennis Town Commissioners was held at the Town Hall on Monday. Thomas Green, Esquire, in the chair. The other members present were John Hill, James Costello, John G. O'Dwyer, Patrick Garvey, and James Canan, Esquires a resolution was passed to engage a qualified professional man as a valuer of the lands for which compensation would be sought by tenants and owners of same, through which the waterworks will run, mm. including Drum Bigel, where the reservoirs are to be erected. So again, yeah. sort of compulsory purchase of land, nothing new. No, indeed. Um, mm. And uh, people are going to be, are going to be compensated.
0: Uh, and it's rather st- unfortunate news about uh, Reverend Mr. Woolsey uh, in Kilrush. Yes. And uh, he was um, a reverend, presumably Church of Church Ireland, Ireland. Church of Ireland, Church of Ireland, incumbent of the parish, had gone through t- about half the morning service. He got a severe and sudden attack in the reading desk and swooned away, falling against the woodwork. Great excitement immediately prevailed in the church. Several ladies fainting. (laughs) Major stuttered. uh, Messrs. Lend, Moore and Gilmore rushed instantly to the clergyman's assistance who recovered in a little time, though remaining in a most nervous and weak state. He needs to take some of those Holloway pills. By God, he does. Uh, The congregation soon after left the church, there being no further... Services and the Reverend Mister Woolsey still continues much indisposed, so he's not he's not mm, there not yet. Out of it,
2: no.
1: And then in 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 the next part, it's amazing how they flit from something completely different to another thing. Uh, Peruvian government guano.
2: Now, John, do you know what guano? <laughs> I do. <is. laughs> You'd have to go to the uh, one of the islands off of Chile. Uh, yes. to get the dung. Which was considered to be very, very valuable as a, a fertilizer, fertilizer isn't fertilizer, it? Yeah, yeah it's bird shit, in other words. Yeah. but uh, of a particular bird.
1: Of a particular bird, that's right. Mm. And and um, uh, this particular news, uh, I think it's high in nitrogen, isn't yes. that what it yes. is? Yes,
2: was a major market for it uh, in 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 the United States. Yes, and in Britain. Yes. Um. And,
1: and probably
2: also in Ireland,
1: because it's being reported here. A judgment of some importance has just been given by the Court of Appeal at Douay in France. And of course, Nono can speak French. And when he gets mm. these through the telegraph wires or however he's getting it, um, he can immediately interpret it. Douai in France, Messrs. Dreyfus Brothers and Co. continue to sell Peruvian guano exported by them from Peru as concessionaries from the government. So they have the exclusive right to export it. it. They advertise their Guano Dunkirk, uh, as at many other places, describing themselves as concessionaries of Peru, Peruvian Guano and of dissolved Peruvian Guano. I hope I'm pronouncing that. Uh, Mrs. Rao, uh, Van Van den Beel and company, the agents of the Peruvian Guano company, published advertisements casting doubts on Mr. Dreyfus and Co.'s right, so to describe themselves. The latter appealed to the French courts for redress. the result of which is a judgment of the Court of Appeal at Douai dated 3rd March last, by which it is declared that the advertisements of the Peruvian Guano company's agents are of a nature to discredit the Guano sold by Mr. Dreyfus and Co., and <laughs> constitute in the highest degree an act of unfair competition and it therefore condemned the Peruvian Guano company's agents to uh, 10,000 francs damages and the costs entirely acquitting Mrs. Dreyfus at the same time from the countercharges respecting their advertisements. So even then Ah, uh, the advertising and false advertising yes. was, was quite popular. Yeah.
0: In this case, they took them to court. Hmm. Um, how was this of interest to the average reader in County Clare? I wonder.
1: It may have had an effect on prices because uh, I, I think reading elsewhere, and there is a, a notice elsewhere that uh, guano, the price of guano, has shot up. Um, over this question mark on on who has the right. Uh, to sell it and to, pr- to, 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 to so so I think um, it, it may have an effect on people's prices. Yeah. And people might be wondering, mm-hmm. a bit like today, why petrol prices are going up? Uh, why, why is the fertiliser costs going up? Um, uh, so the, the, there, there's lots of other, and
3: this they, I think is that, an
0: interesting. Hello, sorry. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Sorry David, you, yeah. you've just see there, Claire Freeman is published at the office, uh, Jail Street Inn, opposite the town hall, every Wednesday and Saturday.
1: Yeah, so we now know the location. So just opposite the town hall, which yeah. is the old ground hotel old ground. now, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and in town, you can get over 16 shillings. And as we said, one pound through the post per annum. Mm-hmm. And, and then um, we beg to notify our
3: subscribers that no receipt is valid except bearing the signature of...
1: C.L. Nono.
2: Proprietor. The proprietor, yeah. Do you so see on the right-hand side uh, of the page that the long-standing dispute between Lord Donnerale and yes. the Duhalo Hunt club. It's been settled. Now you're all delighted with that. <laughs> and Lord Donerail has agreed to sell his pack to the club for 1,200 Now that's that's, that's an enormous sum. Enormous. Enormous yeah. sum.
1: I mean, we're talking yeah. six
2: figures today. Mm. So that would appeal that would appeal, Jim, now to a the landed gentry and the hunting it would
0: but again of what interest is to do hallow hunt well it would be
2: well if Hmm. you
3: think about that uh, i ask you what interest this was Uh, colonel joseph mark Harty, one of the few survivors of the battle of waterloo and the youngest brother of the late sir robert Harty, died on the 17th last at a very advanced age
1: that's right hmm and uh, it might be Nono's own because Nono's father was in the uh, at Waterloo seemingly mm. and but it's you know these are 1879 the la- the fact that the last man in the county who could remember Napoleon and, and Waterloo maybe it's you know it's, it's sort of... Uh, that that type of little titbit, I
2: suppose. There's a nice population count given in that article there
1: yeah, for Victoria, uh, Australia. Again, this notion of the being part of the British imperial world. You know? I was thinking of the one
2: hundred that. Um, do you see ten thousand five hundred and seventy males? Is that in the County Clare? No, this
1: is Victoria. Oh, now in the Victoria, in, in Australia. Australia,
2: in Australia, yeah. yeah, yeah, uh,
1: yeah. There, are, there are a total of eight hundred seventy-nine, eight hundred eighty-six. Now, remember, a lot of Clare people have immigrated to Australia. Mm, that's right, mm-hmm. and particularly from
2: this particular area, and East Clare. Look at, look at a court case underneath there, uh, the dog case in shape of an action by the Honourable. Uh, Miss Wilkie what Alice daughter. White uh, The daughter of Lord Annelie Lord Annalee. Annalee, Woodla- To recover possession Jim uh, Of a Scotch collie From the defendants And uh, They were laid, paid, paid They were paid Damages of 300 pounds Two, 200 pounds yeah. 200 is it Yeah Which excited much interest By collie I'll tell you something lads Yeah <laughs> uh, but yeah. the jury was discharged without, without agreeing to it, a verdict. <laughs> a verdict.
0: Yeah. The one thing I'm I'm looking, I, I know we've only gone through a couple of pages, and yeah. time maybe prevents us. But yeah. where are the Broadford notes?
1: <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> well done. I'm glad you asked that, um, Jim. Our Jim, before we go, because. Um, there is on page three the o- the only sort of local ish news uh, which managed. I think, Mr. No, no, didn't really know much about East Clare and had no correspondence. But uh, he do- he carries one story uh, uh, about Scariff. Oh, the Scariff drainage. Uh-oh. Now, you'll be interested to hear this. The adjourned meeting appointed to be held to consider the above scheme came off in the Tulloch Courthouse on the 21st. inst. Amongst those present, and John will know some of these people, Captain O'Callaghan in the chair, Colonel O'Callaghan, Colonel Graham, Major Butler, R. R. Studdard, Honorary Secretary, QCE, that's uh, I suppose an engineer, J.B. Maloney, Esquire Solicitor, J. Leary Esquire, Ennis, Miss, uh, M. Purcell, E. Scanlon, P. Scanlon, J. Liddy, E. Slattery Esquires, and a number of other occupiers whom your correspondent did not know. The minutes of the preliminary meeting having been read, the Secretary stated that he wrote to every proprietor, so that's the owner the occupier, then it would be the tenant. That's mm. the distinction being made yeah. here. The secretary stated that he wrote to every proprietor whose lands the drainage would affect, asking their sanction to the work and contrib- contributions. A letter was read from Mr. Cox, agent to Major Barnes, the purport of which I could not hear. That's no good, is it? Mm. <laughs> Mr. Moore, uh, Mr. Moore, Moorland. Now, Moorland uh, was the. Yes. Yeah. So that's right here here is Raheen. He said he would give £3. Major Butler had no objection to the work, but did not consider himself interested. The chairman said, Mr. Millard, do you consider the drainage would improve the Druzeborough estate? If so, Mr. Fitzgerald would subscribe. And Mr. Millard said, undoubtedly it would. And Mr. Scanlon then chips in, Mr. Finch will oppose the movement so as far as he can. Dr. Sampson was against the work. He's my neighbor. (laughs) A difficult man, obviously. Mr. Scanlon then came back. Mr. Watson told me the trustees of the ale estate would not consent. Hmm. Mr. McGrath from Kilbannon would not contribute, but did not oppose. Major Maloney would give £5. Colonel O'Callaghan would not be for or against until he knew the probable (laughs) expense. Mm -hmm. Captain O'Callaghan consented. Mr O'Connell also consented. Um, uh, uh, Mr Tynan wanted to know the expense and to get a list of subscriptions. Mr Wesley would pay a fair proportional contribution. And then the chairman says, he will give five pounds, and we can calculate on 58 pounds exclusive of Lord Leaconfield's contribution, which would be sure uh, which would be sure the money we want as present is to pay for plans. All the, so they're looking for plans to mm. do this drainage scheme. Mm. And he goes on uh, Mr. Millward goes on, the government inspector will also require to be paid would take 10 weeks' work to perfect the plans, and I will undertake to prepare them. Scanlan comes back and says, the scheme is all settled by the gentlemen, and are the people who will have to pay have no vote, no voice? I am Mm. convinced from experience that my lands, which which it is intended to improve, would be ruined by it. I've spent a large sum in draining where I was affected, and I'm a loser to a great extent. And as my, uh, and, my uh, and as my grass was never so good since, and it goes on in that sort of it gives a, it gives an idea of the um, of the of, of what was said. But um, they talk about this big rock in the river of Scariff. Here it is, Mr. Peasgal and Mr. Purcell and I have expended a great deal already. And if all the other occupiers did never so much by removing the rock at Scarif, the work was done.
0: Hmm. And the rock was just downstream from the bridge, as far as I... Is that can. it? Yes. Uh, downstream from the bridge, slightly. There's still there's a kind of an island there all the time, but apparently the, the rocks were there. And, and so, so they were removed? They were removed at some point. Well, there you were. Yeah. Now, okay, listen, we've... Uh, I don't know how our listeners uh, felt about it. We've gone through uh, the, the Clare... Freeman. Uh, Freeman. Uh, over the last while just maybe to give an idea of that newspapers in the past and particularly newspapers in the area of 150 years ago um, were very very different to the Clare Champion, the, the Clare Echo and the Clare County Express uh, produced today um, but anyway you know we just think interesting to have a look and uh, we'll be back next week with um, a more usual program. More usual. So our thanks to, uh, (laughs) to David Fleming for taking us through that, to John S. Kelly and to Luke Fleming. Thank you very much. Goodbye and God bless. Thank you, Jim.